Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James has the when you stepped in the batter's box. Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to bit man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. You make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. What's going on? What's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. I am your host. Jelani Brown got my co-host here, of course. Again, Thaddeus Bell. How are you doing today, sir? It's good. It's been a uh, it's been a little minute. Of course, um, we'll uh, begin to mostly football. We're going, of course, we do our little Saturday. We do typically do Saturday to Sunday. We're going to do Saturday to Monday, of course, since we had the national championship game yesterday. Um, you know, talk all things football pretty much on this show for today. Uh, of course, up first up, you see we got uh, you know, Alabama, um, dynasty. Uh, in the making, it still looks like it's continuing. Uh, Alabama's seventh championship, that man right there is sixth. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about the game first and uh, just overall thoughts, uh, you know, what you thought, you know, coming from both sides, both teams, and then, you know, just the dominant performance of Alabama overall. What do you think about it? Um, start, I mean, it's kind of what I expected. Alabama all year, they really weren't tested. It was just another day, the offense completely in control. Their offense couldn't be stopped. Came out for them. It's just a well-oiled machine. Well, well-ran program, in my opinion, all the time. Just well-oiled machine, disciplined players that execute and just found a way to adapt. This is not the norm to adapt. New offensive, I don't know. He just changes offense. They've taken off. But about the game, not much to talk about. It's a dominant performance. <laughs> that, like Alabama couldn't be stopped all, like they be all season. But for Ohio State, Trey Sermon getting hurt on the didn't help. Even with him in the fold, you know, with him being in the game closer throughout the third quarter, mid quarter, but without him, uh, I knew it was on. Yeah. Justin Fields not being just a completely dominant for Alabama. Ohio State, they I would say they shut down Najee Harris, but they contained him. He still got blown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, just dominant. I'm not saying they were better than LSU. I saw somebody say that on Twitter somewhere today, but mm-hmm. they were pretty up there in the same category because they were dominant. Nobody can they really say they got tested this year? I like the Florida game was the closest because that was yeah. only game that you know was like a single score type game but even then like at points it was like they had what 10 14 17 point leads in that game like Florida had to climb back so yeah that's probably you know like I said the, the closest game they've had pretty much all season versus like I guess their what was it the first or second game when they had a, a pretty tough battle against yeah against A&M so other than that you know pretty much like you just said just overall dominant performance like you said when Sermon went down I knew it was going to be even more difficult um being that he had led the backfield the last few games uh, with Teague out. 
And then, you know, Justin Fields not being 100%. We talked about it off air. You know, they they probably shot him up with a lot of things just to get out there, you know, be able to try to do something for his team, put him in a position to win the game. Um, like you said, they contain Najee, I guess, better than others, but he still had two TDs. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that that means something. Like you said, Devontae with three. Um, Waddles came back. I know we'll talk about him in a little bit. It's just like they had weapons pretty much all over the field. Even guys like, you know, we're going to be seeing next year um, for guys. I can't really pronounce his last name, but number 19, what, Billis, Billish Ling or oh, Billish? Yeah, Billingsley. I, Billingsley, I can yeah. Friday Night Lights. Yeah, so it's uh, like I said, they just had guys all over the field. Mac Jones played another, you know, had another wonderful performance. Uh, I I had it on the um, the channel where uh, I don't know if you like Dan Orlowski and uh, Marcus Spears mm-hmm. and all of them, they were talking about, uh, they were pretty much like comment. Commenting, but also talking about like silo things that was going on, and then uh, in the, during the game, so they pretty much was you know harping on him. They got they had they brought on um, Schefter as well, I believe you know to talk you know draft or Todd McShay, not Schefter, Todd McShay on to you know talk draft and everything, talk about uh, Matt Jones and where they think he's gonna fall and stuff. So which we're gonna also do in uh, in a few minutes, but yeah, man, like you just said, it's just from the very beginning of this season, we saw there was really no team that probably was going to stop them. And as it got, you know, closer to the end of the year, it kind of just became more definite, more, you know, more cemented that there's really no team that's probably going to be able to, you know, put up a fight against them. A lot of people, you know, thought Ohio State would be able to, and I even thought, you know, I gave them a fighter's chance as well, you know, probably be able to, to be within a touchdown or two uh, going into maybe the third or fourth quarter, um, just because how dominant they were last, you know, last week against, or not last week, but, you know, Two weeks ago against Clemson, I uh, I pretty much thought like you know with Clemson they got a lot of weapons everywhere as well. I was like they held they held what we said last time we talked. Uh, NTN and uh Trevor to what twenty four yards rushing mm-hmm. as a whole. So I was like, all right, like I honestly feel like Clemson has. I mean, maybe last two games have showed differently, but I thought Clemson had a little bit more offensive weapons than Alabama did because Alabama just it's really been a three headed monster all year. Najee, Devontae, Mac Jones. And I felt like, all right, if they're able to stop Clemson the way they were, they should, they might be able to match up and stop Alabama, you know, in the same type of way, especially them being, like I said, you know, it's those three guys. So, like, you know, overall, it just said it showed like they're just, they're just a dominant team. It was their year and they had a phenomenal run. Um, I don't know if it's as great as LSU's last year, but I, like you just said, it's up there. You got any more thoughts before we, uh, I guess? We'll oh, yeah, on. I can add a couple more. Yeah. Uh, things I didn't add. Play calling by Steve Sarkeesian was great. I know, uh, you, I don't know if you're the biggest fan of him because of how he was yeah. PTL. I liked him that second year. It was just a weird, like, it wasn't really even his fault. Like, it was just like, I'd say it's just so much turnover. Matt has always had like two coordinators every two years. It just took a while to gel and mesh. I didn't like the hire at first, but that second year, it showed like Matt's numbers was better than his MVP year. So, you know, I felt like, you know, we could, I, I knew they was going to get rid of him just because of the base off the year that we had. And they, you know, they kind of had Dan Quinn more so on the, on the pecking order that they wanted to keep or whatever. But like you said, ever since he got back to Alabama, they've been a juggernaut. And I guess it's cool that he's getting a shot at Texas as well. Yeah. Uh, the entire game, man. Uh, like everybody in their mother and the Devontae Smith was the main guy. And he kept scheming him open pretty much. Like he was getting mm-hmm. his guy the ball. Like there's not much to say. And Ohio State, maybe they should have game planned a little more. I mean, the dude did win the Heisman and he went, I don't remember his stats at half, but it's crazy. He had mm-hmm. 170, I think, at half. Yeah. It's up to re- yeah. It's just a well oiled machine, man. Like their offense looked unstoppable, literally unstoppable. And Mac yeah. Jones, he 
he I don't think he played a bad game all season. And I watch I probably missed maybe one or two games, but he didn't have a bad game. He never looked rattled. Um he's a very anticipatory thrower, very accurate. Hopefully, you know, these little one year wonders, they always don't translate well to that. But I'm mm-hmm. pulling for him and he had a hell of a season. Yeah. I can say any other like any other season, he might win the Heisman. The receiver on his team doesn't go crazy. If Jalen Waddle plays, he he might win the Heisman because Devontae mm-hmm. Remarkable season by him and just Bam as a whole. Yeah. I, right um, where they belong. Yep, exactly. You just what you were about to say. I was about to say the same thing. So it's uh, you know, crazy. Maybe, you know, it's it's been a crazy year overall for college football, you know, with so much stoppage and COVID and everything. You know, I don't know if it's gonna be back to normal by the time, you know, get spring football come, you know, kicks back up and then the regular season ramps back up in August. But, you know, we'll be looking to see who can, you know, who's possible to dethrone them. But like I said, just one more thing to add about this uh, this mm-hmm. season, it just makes sense that Alabama won too because you know at the beginning of the season the scouts and the most disciplined team is the best coach team you know the, the most structured the best culture you know mm-hmm. and that's that's Alabama you know he's yeah. been running this program the way he wants for years and everybody buys in for the most part so I'm not surprised. And yeah. When did you see them having COVID outbreaks too? They exactly. I was about them. to say yeah. It's hot to him, but, you know, they did things the right way on top. But that's it. Yeah, pretty much. I can say not much to say. Like I said, they're holding that trophy again. Trophy's back in Te- Tuscaloosa, and uh, I know they're enjoying that one uh, down there. So we'll uh, move on and talk a little bit, like I said, about some of the big names, big guys that are supposedly headed to the draft. Maybe, you know, more than likely are headed to the draft um, this upcoming you know, spring. So first we got – so we're going to start with the – who some people call QB1, but more than likely QB2. And I know we've talked about it a few times on the show because uh, your Jaguars are in prime position to get a quarterback. But uh, where do you see Justin Field? Well, one, what do you think about his performance last night? And then kind of where do you see him uh, maybe falling in the draft? Um, based off last night, you know, he did what he could. He didn't play his best game. He didn't have the Clemson type game that he had. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're running back over the course of the – the past two games runs for like an average of 250 yards, you know, mm-hmm. took a lot of pressure off him. Uh, Alabama's defense, you know, Nick Saban, he's a great defensive mind. He's not going to just let you sit back there and drive back 50 times and beat him. So I was going to, soon as Sermon left out, you know, I knew it was going to be a tough task for Fields, but he did okay. You know, his guys dropped some passes. He missed a couple of throws, but he did okay. You know, he was, he had a, t- and it's not helping when your defense, he stops. He did okay. I'm not, I don't think he had a terrible game. They got blown out by a lot, but it's, but it's not like he was the big loss. You know, he did okay. And for his draft draft stock, you know, I look at the mock drafts now. So I'm into this podcast stuff. I've always been mm-hmm. into football, but this year for some caught my eye. But uh, I kind of agree with them. What I don't agree with is Zach Wilson going before him, but yeah. those teams, some of those teams are not. Yeah. Yeah, some, the, uh, some of the teams at the beginning of the draft are not real quarterback needy, like the Bengals, uh, maybe the Dolphins. You know, teams mm-hmm. like that. But uh, I could see him going to the Falcons or the Pats for right now. Those are two teams that need a quarterback. But my gut is telling me that they believe Matt has another year or two. They're mm-hmm. not going to go that way. Get some something else, maybe some O-line help, some secondary – not secondary help, some defensive help. Mm-hmm. But uh, as of now, my gut, I'm going with what Todd McShay did in his mock draft, having him go to the uh, – Patriots because you see they're parting ways with Cam and Jared Stidham. From what from what I've seen, he doesn't really look like the long term option. So, um, you know, we got to see what happens in the following weeks. Um, once the season's over, how free agency goes at the beginning, who 
who doesn't return for uh, these teams to have quarterbacks, you know. So we'll see. But as of now, I see him going. Yeah. About to. Okay, yeah, yeah. Guys, we got you off. Right. I was reading the lips. I was like, I'm pretty sure you said you feel like he's still going to the Patriots. Um, yeah. The top 10. Understandable. I see that as well. Like you just said, Um, I don't know. A lot of people had him mocked up. There's, I've been, I've seen mock drafts with us uh, Falcons, for those that's watching that don't know. I'm a Falcons fan, but I've uh, seen mock-ups with uh, us taking Zach Wilson. Like you just said, I don't agree with that at all, having Zach Wilson above um, Justin whatsoever. If we were to take a quarterback, I would definitely, you know, would want to have Justin over Zach for sure. But I still don't think we need um, quarterback help. Like you just said, I feel like we're going to let Matt play out his contract. There's, there's other guys that's there. I know they're right, you know, typically as game changers, of course, within the first two picks. Trevor and uh, Justin are the prizes this year. But, um, you know, there's other guys that we've seen that, you know, are capable uh, that may possibly fall to us maybe in the second round or whatever if we do decide to go that route, you know. Kyle Trask had a phenomenal year. Mac Jones, even though I don't trust Alabama quarterbacks, maybe he's a little different. Um, even though he is a you know more of a pocket passer and the league is moving more towards the mobile quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Trey Lance, you know, just guys like that. Other there's other guys that are there to that can learn behind Matt for you know next year or two, uh, while he plays out his contract and uh we go and move forward from there. But I don't think we need to spend a fourth you know, fourth round draft pick on a quarterback this year, especially one we're not going to just, you know, have started. Yeah, let's not trade Matt in the offseason. Yeah. yeah, and of course that's, you know, they're kind of giving the reins to, you know, the new regime, whoever we hire, uh, head coach and, and GM-wise. But, yeah, I, I still feel like we need to spend that on the defensive line. Um, definitely need rush end help. Hopefully we're able to, you know, draft a bigger guy, you know, a game-changing guy versus – one of the little small, like, hybrid-type linebackers that we typically go for. So that's what I'm thinking. Um, and I don't know. I feel like, like you just said, there's not – and this draft is different because there's not that many. A lot of the top-heavy teams or the ones that's, in, you know, the draft, unless he goes to the Jets, it's kind of like, yeah, he can he can fall to the Patriots at uh, 15 or maybe they decide to move up somehow, some way. But, yeah, if it's not the Jets, I don't – I'm hoping we don't pick them. Um, and then hopefully, like I said – he may fall to the Patriots would be, which would be honestly amazing. Uh, that would be a great, uh, I guess it would be, it would just be a cool, like, you know, little matchup, you know, made in heaven, Justin. Mm-hmm. Because that was a lot of, that was a lot of talk at the beginning of the year that maybe the Patriots, you know, when the whole defense pretty much wasn't coming back and playing this year because of COVID. It's like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe Belichick has, you know, he's playing the long game. He's trying to, uh, you know, tank for either Trevor or Justin and, at first it was Trevor, but you know now Justin may fall into his lap, and he might not even have to trade up. So it's a uh, it's crazy how all that works out um, in the end. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with you and uh, Tom Shea as well on that one. Next we got Najee. So uh, who do you think? Um, who do, well, I guess what teams do you think may you may suit best? Uh, you know, there's a few teams that need some running backs, um, and kind of like where do you see him falling? And do you think his stock uh, has risen? Um, even more than what it probably was already at uh, within these last few weeks. Um, going into the season, I didn't. I don't think people had him as a day one back, but after this season, I think he's a first round pick. Uh, you know, running backs they usually don't go that high in the first round unless exactly. in the first round or high in the first round unless they can't miss. But for me, it's kind of I don't want to sound like I'm following Todd McShay, but you know they do their homework more than me. So what he said. Sounded good to me. Uh, yeah. I can see him going to the Steelers. Uh, they're, if not 
32nd, one of the bottom five rushing teams. Uh, they can't run the ball. That's one of the reasons why they lost. You can't drop back and throw the ball 60 times and expect to win, even though they fell high. But still, uh, they need a running back bad. You know, people were hoping that James Conner was going to be the guy, but that's obviously not the case. So I can see him fitting in. He, uh, you know, he he's an every down back. He's a versatile back. You know, Ben likes to throw the ball to the running back. He loved doing that with Le'Veon, and that would mm-hmm. uh, that would fit him well. And another spot, you know, that I think he would go because running backs go late in the first round. Possibly, I could see him going to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They might. I don't know. Devin Singletary. He's okay, but I could see them taking him back, or possibly the Arizona Cardinal replacing yeah. Kenyon Drake. But you know. It's kind of hard because a team's not going to take a run Najee Harris in the first round unless they like they that's one of their number one needs. They're going to try to wait to see if they can get him in the second round, which is why I'm skeptical about what I said for those teams like Buffalo. They probably mm-hmm. have some other needs. Arizona, I know they they need some offensive line help and they need to pat Pete's on his way out, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to have to go with McShay. If I had to pick one team, I would say the Steelers because they're running back needy and they don't have that many weaknesses. Like you know, their defense is strong. Their whole line is okay. I don't. I don't know. They don't need receivers. They need a quarterback, maybe for the future, but not right now. So I, I can definitely see Najee Harris going at like what pick twenty, yeah. early twenties. Yeah. yeah. Steelers, Steelers, Cardinals, and uh, Buffalo would be my teams if he goes in. The- yeah, I uh, I don't have too many you know arguments. I pretty much agree, SmackDown with like you said, you and Todd McShay. It, uh, it makes perfect sense, like you said. Uh. Kind of all the other teams kind of have a back, uh, you know, Philly, Miles Sanders. Within, with, when healthy, I believe they know they know he's the lead back. Um, they're at six. Um, Cincinnati, I don't know. It's, I don't think he goes as high as six. I mean, just mm-hmm. thinking about this. They got Joe Mixon. Yeah, I would say they got Joe Mixon. But, again, I mean, I guess they get – I think they gave him money. But just him just not being healthy as well, that's the only thing I was thinking of, like, these these running or these teams got running backs, but you know they're just never healthy. And it's like your best ability is your availability. Yeah, yeah right. so it's possible, but I don't think like I, it's it's probably you know out of the realms of them you know taking him that high because both those teams probably have bigger needs than running back, uh, like you said. So um, those be the only teams I would think maybe. Other than that, everyone else is pretty much set: Carolina, Denver, Dallas. Um, the Giants, when Saquon gets back healthy, San Francisco pumping out running backs. Yeah, uh, right. I think they're, that's their team, how they yeah. you know, create a run style. Yeah, so like you just said, um, yeah, like Bills can snatch them because they had a tough time running the ball. Devin Singletary isn't really like – I think he's more so of a change of pace back. He can't be really that lead back. Moss didn't have the greatest of years. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know if they don't go running back because maybe they give him another year to see, like, where he is and uh, his development. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Pittsburgh is probably prime for them right in that, you know, that that spot, 24. They, I think they could use a guy like him, like you said, not many holes at all. The Their main weakness this year was they couldn't run the ball after, like, you know, week They literally didn't, got to the point where they didn't even try to run try the ball. Try to run the ball, exactly. So, it's a uh, – yeah, I, I can see him going there, fitting there as well. And it's uh, even cool that he's been able to show his pass-catching abilities the last few weeks as well. So I think, uh, you know, Pittsburgh will get a steal right there at 24. And like I said, most teams don't like to draft running backs high. But I think if they get if they swipe him up there and then, I mean, depending on what Big Ben does, more like he might be done. And I think we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. But 
um, depending on what he does. If he comes back another year and he's strong and plays, you know, well like he was like the first you know, 10, 11 games of the year, then they're right back in the conversation. They got a shot in the AFC at least. So It's crowded, though. It's only going to get yeah, tougher crowded. because it's a lot of young quarterbacks. Yeah. Yep. And I can't argue with that. You're right. On. Uh, next guy we got, Devontae Smith, breakout year, Heisman winner. I forgot what other award he won. He won like two other awards. Um, broke a record yesterday, three TDs, and like I said, probably I think close to 200 yards in the first half. Um, so where do you see uh, him falling to? Uh, what teams may suit him best? Uh, first, really quick, I got to go talk about his season just really quick. Remarkable season first. Uh, receiver to win the Heisman since Desmond Howard in, I think, 91, uh, which is remarkable, man. Uh, just testament to his hard work, dedication, you know. At first, everybody only knew him from the catch. Maybe that was one of his 10 catches on the season, and now he went from freshman year to doing that to senior year to winning the Heisman. And taking over the game, really, yesterday. But uh, for Devontae, man, his stock has risen tremendously going into the season. And f- from what I remember, they were only talking about Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle being the top guys, maybe even Rashad Bateman from Minnesota as well. But I don't know. Uh, Chase took that year off. Mm-hmm. Jalen Waddle got hurt. Marshall from LSU, you know, he opted out. He's going to be taken in the first round too. But mm-hmm. I think this guy is the number one receiver taken. I don't know, but I could see it happening. Um, for me, um, hold on. I, I put it down in these notes really quick, the three teams. I think I can see him going to the Dolphins, Cincy, and possibly, I know this sounds crazy, but Indy, they need a little weapons. You know, T.Y. Yeah. Yeah. They, their O-line is stacked. Uh, they got DeForest Buckner in a the trade. They need some secondary help and maybe a linebacker. But they could add another weapon for Phillip Rivers, which it sounds like they're going to keep him. But, um, Man, he's a top 10 pick. I don't see him getting out the top 10 based off this season. Um, yeah. I think I don't think the Bengals snap snag snatch him up because they have some young receivers, but the Dolphins, I could see him going to four and pairing two with somebody he's familiar with mm-hmm. and another deep threat. Yeah. It's hard to I don't know. This is it's crazy how much everything changed for him because I didn't know why where people were talking about him going before the season, but he's definitely top 10. I can't if he gets out of the top 10, something has to happen. Something like the Lermy Tunsil video with him getting caught smoking weed. Some yeah. something crazy for him to get out the top ten. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it seems like he's been I mean, he's had his head on straight. He's been a pretty good kid ever since yeah. he was a freshman, like you said. So I don't think none of that, or hopefully none of that gets out. You know, you never know. You're still young. They just came off a national championship. I mean, it's COVID. Maybe that helps a little bit and stay inside and you know, focus yeah. on the draft in April. But yeah, uh it would be crazy to see him go as high as number three. But like you just said, they got two of there if they still believe in him. Um, pair him with a guy that he's familiar with, give him another weapon um, to that receiving core that most of the time or sometimes, typically most times, is banged up a lot. So, um, yeah, Miami would be a nice little spot for him. Cincy, uh, like you just said, they got they got T. Higgins this past year, got Boyd. They might be they might be set, but like you said, who knows? Uh, maybe they want to add another weapon as well. But Indy, I did like – I like that. I like that um, – I like that pickup. That's, you know, they're 21st. I don't know if he gets through. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think so. Yeah, it's like Philadelphia. They got killed last year for not taking Justin Jefferson. They took Rager. Um, But, you know, they could possibly use a weapon. I don't know if they use it on a wide receiver that high. But, you know, like I said. Everything's on the table. You never know. Yeah, like I said, you never know. But, like I said, with Miami, even, even if they don't use it on the third pick, I just realized, of course, they got their own pick at 18. So, 
he can fall there, or like you just said, Indy. Perfect. And we can go. We can go through teams like a lot of these teams don't need receivers. Maybe you know if Miami doesn't take him, then he won't make it to them the second time because New England has New England needs some yeah, type of weapon. True. If they don't take a quarterback, they need to go somewhere on offense. Bill will figure out. You know, he'll throw some random people together on defense and they'll mm-hmm. figure it out. But mm-hmm. Washington, New England, even maybe San Fran. I don't think they would go first round with the receiver, but they don't have the best report. Yeah. Ayuk had a decent year, but, you know, yeah. Debo Samuels is always out on the lineup. Who's their next receiver born? I don't know if they really yeah. – he's not really a big playmaker. So, like you say, yeah, if they don't take him third, it's possible that he can get snatched up before that 18th pick. But if he did make it all the way to 21, I feel like it's a no-brainer for Indy. Like you said, mm-hmm. T.Y. didn't have that great of a year. He's getting a little – he's little. He's going to be a year older. Um, Pittman. He's I mean, good, though. I, I like Pittman, and I like yeah. Pascal and Campbell. Pascal, They're okay. Yeah. But Yeah. But like you say, you can add a game changer like him coming off the season he just had. You just can't pass that up. So, I mean, it's, it's right there for the taking. It'd be interesting to see where he goes for sure. Oh, and uh, I wanted to just add another Buckeye in there, and mainly because he didn't have the greatest of year. A lot of people have been down on him, Um, you know, said his take last year was a lot better. He probably should have came out last year with a bit higher pick. Um, But, you know, he's supposed to be, you know, probably not top. He's not the top corner anymore. He's probably like top five at best and it might not even be top five so what do you maybe see sean wade falling uh in this draft and uh he's not going in the first round at all for sure but where do you think a team might need him or what not even we might not even talk about teams because we don't really know what yeah, go, but like what round do you think he may go in okay really quick i want to piggyback off something you said uh last year you were saying he he should have came out his grade was much higher you know who you play with really matters mm-hmm. on offense and defense. You know, with Jeff Okuda last year, he was the number one guy. He was a first-round pick going into last year. Everybody knew he was going to be a first-round pick. Um, You know, for the most part, he took the number one guy. So, Sean Wade wasn't going against the best yeah. all the time. You know, Division one athletes, they're good athletes. He was going against the number two and number three guys. So, for the most part, he got the best. And, you know, he was kind of – not saying he was hiding, but he wasn't really exposing this year. He had to go against the number one guys. More pressure was on him. He was playing a lot more man when I feel like he's more of a zone corner some in some ways. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to put that in there. That that stuff matters. Like, you yeah. know, some people are product of their environment or their system, and hopefully that's not the case for him. He's a Jacksonville guy, so I'm rooting for him, but he did not have the best of se- the best season being the number one guy. And team-wise, I really don't know, man. I, I, there's a s- small feeling I have that he could – fall back in the first round if a team needs a corner. You know, they see the potential. But these last couple of games he put on tape aren't the best. But for me, for me, I I might say the Raiders might take a chance because they're young in the secondary and they have some guys that they've drafted that they're not too fond of. So it's kind of hard. I would have to evaluate every team's roster and see what their biggest needs are. But I know the Raiders need some secondary help. So I could – and especially since he's not going in the first round – for the most part, uh, I can see the Raiders picking it. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, like you say, it's going to – I mean, if a team takes a chance on him in the first round, like I said, it's probably just going off upside and Tate from last year maybe. And He's maybe, a day two pick, though, for me. Yeah, and even – me too. Or even knowing that maybe uh, there's some guys that, like you just said, it matters who you play with. Maybe they have a guy on their roster already that they know can be like a number one and he can kind of be that shadow type corner as a number two and they like you know feel comfortable with that so they take a chance on him and his upside 
Uh, that's the only way I really see him going in the first, and it'd be like late first if there's even any teams late first that need a quarter. Um, but like you just say, he's a day two pick for me. I don't know. Tom McShay was saying, like, say he kind of ex- exposed and stuff. Like, it's been he's been ex- exposed a lot this year to where it seems like he can't be like, you know, that outside lockdown type corner that they see him more so as like maybe a nickel package or a dime package type guy to where he's a you know covering slot guys um you know shadowing as well but like i said i I don't know i don't i don't think i kind of agree i don't know if that's really his his place his spot in the league when he gets there to be that outside shutdown corner type guy but you know Maybe with the right team, right fit, right culture, he's able to turn things around. Uh, maybe it's just a down year overall. Um, like I said, just the new COVID, COVID probably hit this team the biggest um, in a lot of ways. I guess one of the big name teams that COVID hit a lot the biggest. So, I mean, I don't know if he ever was one of the ones that caught it, but maybe that type of stuff kind of affected him. I just be trying to give kids the benefit of the doubt, I guess. But, you know, overall, I don't know. I, like I said, I think he's a day two guy and i don't know if he's like that outside shutdown corner that people may have thought uh he was last year then lastly we're gonna hit on our guy not really our guy but you know the guy showed himself this year proved uh you know pretty capable quarterback and he can play um with the big boys mac jones a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts swirling um one because just the history of alabama quarterbacks his style of quarterback he is but also you know on the other side, the type of year he's had, um, and just you know what he's put on tape um, overall in his in, you know lone year starting. So, what do you think about uh, Mac Jones? Where do you think he may fall? Um, and do you think he comes in day one starter wherever he does fall? Um, I'm gonna go with your last question first. No, I do not think he's a day one starter. I think he needs to develop a little bit. Great season, man. Flawless season. I promise you, I don't think he had a bad game. There was a stat, I think, I'm not, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he had the highest QBR ever for a season in NCAA history. Um, just fall the season, man, and he he earned himself some money because if nobody thought they'd pick coming into the season. You know, He sat behind Tua and Jalen, did his time, studied a lot of film, took a lot of mental reps, and it showed out there. You know, He's real, real sharp. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, I think he's a first-round guy because of this season now. You know, Joe Burrow wasn't a first-round guy either until his breakout season. So mm-hmm. because of that, you know, he's going in the first round. And the teams I have, I have a couple of teams, possibilities. I have the Saints. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. I have the Saints, I have the Colts, and I have the Bears taken. I have the Bears. Those are my three teams, but the Bears and the and the Saints are the most likely because Frank Reich already said he wants Phillip Rivers to come back, which I'm not, I don't know about that because I don't even think yes. my guy can throw 50 yards anymore. Yeah, yeah that last, we're going to talk about, but that last, I was like, what the hell? I was like, that didn't even come, that came, like stopped at the five-yard line. Yeah, but uh, best fit for me is Chicago, quarterback needy team. Um, they're obviously going to move on from Trubisky. I'm not saying they're a quarterback away, but, you know, their defense is still stout at times, and they just need to – they can find that franchise guy or that quarterback to, you know, get get them headed in the right direction, I think they'll be fine. Even though Chuck Pagano, their D.C., just retired, but I think that team will fit him well. You know, he has a couple of weapons. If they re-sign Allen Robinson, but for me, my best fit will be Bears. Um, Saints, you know, I think Jameis would beat him out, but I don't know if they're – Bought in with Jameis, so I could see them taking them and possibly. Um, what was my last? Team? Just lost my train. Says Saints. Bears. Oh yeah, the Colts. Colts. Yeah, Colts. Yeah. Colts. But yeah, Bears is 
I could see Bears happening on draft day. And I think they have pick. They lost. They were one of the lower seed teams to lose. So I think they might have be the 19th pick. Something like that. So yeah. Yeah. Let me go. Yeah, yeah. That yep. No, no. 8-12-20. basically close. As and then don't count, don't count this out either. I'm sorry. Um, nah, you good. Uh Washington football team. Because Ron Rivera said their biggest priority in the offseason is finding the court was securing that position. So mm-hmm. you know. Hey, it's it's interesting, man. The middle of the draft, you know, they keep talking about Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, but mm-hmm. there might be some GM that fell in love with Mac Jones over the course of this season, and mm-hmm. he could go early. I could see him going to the top fifteen, maybe. Yeah, know. yeah, like you said, it's really wide open. Um, it said you said a perfect example. Joe Burrow had one breakout year, breakout season. He goes first overall, back to his hometown. Um, so. I'm not saying he's going to go first overall, but I can see a team taking a chance in the first round for sure, especially um, a team kind of like you said, like I, I said it earlier, like, you know, the league's moving more towards mobile quarterbacks, especially like, you know, first few years when they're learning, developing, um, and just seeing an NFL defense. Uh, that's typically key sometimes, you know, guys can extend plays or, you know, either with their legs or, you know, just out of the pocket, you know, being able to make a play. Uh, he might not – he can't really do that. He hasn't shown he can do that. So I'm pretty sure – you know, I'm not saying he can't, but he hasn't shown he can do that. He's more so of a pocket-style passer. There's a – like I said, if there's a team, like you said, the Colts, their offensive line is typically always stout. That would be a you know nice little team. You know, you just said they want Phillip Rivers to be, come back. That would be a nice little team for him to go to because, you know, he doesn't really have to worry about too much about pressure, having to move out of the pocket um, because – protected overall um and he has some pretty decent weapons as well uh washington would be interesting as well uh i think they may need a little help on the offensive line but like you said they they need a quarterback alex smith you know come back probably comeback player of the year but it's just like i, I it just can't happen that's it this yeah, is it yeah he's not it, playing anymore. yeah and you know Dwayne haskins already cut hinky which we're going to talk about a little bit you know he kept him in the game. He uh he showed, you know, I don't know. He he showed something. Like he kept him in the game. He gave him a chance at the end. But you know, that's not more like that's not your number one guy. That's not the franchise quarterback. So, you yeah. know, that, that's a it's interesting. Like that nineteenth and twenty, um, Washington and Chicago back to back. It's possible he could go to one of those teams. Chicago's a another team that you know needs a quarterback. Um, I, I don't know how great their offensive line. I, I mean, I guess it's decent. You know, I think it's more so. You know. Trubisky and maybe the lack of weapons around him. So I can see him going to one of those two teams for sure. They're quarterback needy teams that have, you know, decent line, decent protection. And, you know, I don't know if he's day one starter. Like I say, probably needs a year or two to develop. But in those two teams, he would maybe have to be a day one starter depending. Um, or if not day one starter, he'd probably come in at least, I say, a quarter in, into the season, four games, no less, uh, especially one of those two teams. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, well, with the, with the Bears, I guess they got Nick Foles coming back, maybe healthy. He can learn under him. But other than that, with those two teams, I can see him coming in as, you know, starting within the first four or five games for sure. Uh, and it would be interesting. I would kind of want him to go to one of those two teams. But, I mean, overall, best situation, I feel like, out of those three that you said, it probably would be the Colts. But overall, you know, great season by him. Uh, he showed he has the tools that he can, you know, play in the NFL. He just has to be the right team in the right situation. For sure, because like I said, not really mobile, but has a strong arm and makes great decisions. You know, there's teams that can use that for sure. Yeah, but we're gonna go ahead and sweat segue over to the uh into the NFL before we talk about some of the NFL games, though. Uh I wanted to 
shout out i got this idea from uh these guys off of instagram divine sports gospel i don't know if they're tuned in or not but they uh they definitely you know sparked this idea they did it themselves um i believe on sunday uh when the saints and um bears played on nickelodeon so uh it was it was a wonderful idea great idea i definitely had to steal it i uh, just wanted to give them a shout out real quick before i uh showed it but uh they took of course we know the games were played on nickelodeon uh saints and bears uh i think it was the highest watched television program on there in some years i don't remember how many but i think it got two million two million yeah views. something something crazy i even had to tune in for i went over to my parents house um, they just, you know, they just moved because they're gonna move to Florida, but they moved like, you know, downsized a little bit and they got rid of the cable, but they got, you know, so, some streaming service. So I was like, y'all got Nick. So it was like, yeah. So I, they turned it on in the room, had to go in there and watch it. It was pretty cool. You know, the graphics are straight. Um, you know, they had like kid kind of commentators, you know, show little things to help kids learn the game or whatever it may be. But, um, like I said, just to get back on track. I stole this ideas from the guys. They each kind of put together a squad or, you know, people that they would love to have on their team, Nick characters from Nick shows. Um, so I put a graphic together. First, we got my guy, that squad. He got Danny Phantom, Jimmy Neutron, Josh from Drake and Josh and crazy Steve from Drake and Josh. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to explain why you got these guys on your squad. Okay. Listen, can you go first with this one? I know we're first? live in the show, but I need you to explain your squad first. Did you even, I don't think you've seen my squad yet. I but, saw a picture of it before we started the show. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to explain my squad first, and I'll let you go second. So my squad um, is Meg. Got Meg from, uh, you know, Jerk and Josh as well. SpongeBob from SpongeBob SquarePants. Jorgen from Fairly Odd Parents. And Tommy from the Rugrats. So my squad looks a little unorthodox, but it makes perfect sense. We got uh, Meg. Meg and Jordan kind of bring the same type of intensity, but Meg's a little bit smarter. They both bring intensity. They both bring heart. They both bring passion. But Meg is just, you know, overall just a little bit meaner. She's smarter. She's conniving. Probably perfect on the defensive end. I don't know. Or defensive side of the ball. Probably defensive end or strong safety. Something like that. So, you know, had to throw her on the squad. I couldn't leave her off. SpongeBob just brings that energy. You need an energy guy on your team always. He's going to be the guy that you know like i said rally, rallies up the team when we're either down or he's going to make that big play energy guy look typically athletic he's always ready it's always his name is always ready to be called he's ready to hop in the game and he's going to be there jorgen like i said he just brings the muscle he's bringing that intimidating factor he's a big guy strong guy you know somewhere in the office of defensive line you know he, he, he's someone that you need on your squad for sure and then tommy just that born leadership he's a leader he was born leader, leader at heart. I know he's a baby, but you can see if you watch the Rugrats, Rugrats movie, that man leads his team, leads the squad to success. We need a leader. Tommy's that guy. This is my squad. Like I said, it makes perfect sense to me. I feel like we, we get a few dubs. We might make it to the uh, – should make it to the Super Bowl with this with this, uh, with this this squad right here. But uh, we'll let that – I'll go back, let that kind of explain his squad. He got, a few, he got a few ballers on your side, but I don't know if there's anything that matches up with mine. But I'll let you explain. Uh, all right, my squad is it's a little basic. Put this together on the fly, but we're very elite. Uh, Danny Phantom, he's the best athlete on the. Oh, I'm gonna introduce my squad first. My we got Danny Phantom, Jimmy Neutron from Jimmy Neutron, uh, Josh from Drake and Josh, and Danny Phantom. He's the best athlete on the field. He's the Bo Jackson, the Tyreek Hill. He can, you know, he can do it all. He's faster than everybody. 
Um, you know, for me, since I'm a, I was a quarterback when I played, I, you know, I need me an offensive, I need me a deep threat. I need me a weapon. I could just toss the ball to throw him a little That's bubble screen and he'd take it to the crib. So Danny Phantom, I, I picked him up because he's the best athlete, uh, best athlete in the Nickelodeon league or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. Um, for Jimmy Neutron, you know, we always got to have the brain, somebody smart, the thinker on the team, somebody that's athletic. But football, you know, they say it's really 30, 40 percent physical, 60, 70 percent mental. So, uh, you know, Jimmy Neutron, he's a thinker. The guy that's going to make the right call, the, the right adjustment. Um, he can ball a little bit. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's going to put it. His brain is going to put us in position to make a play. Um, we got my boy Josh, you know. Not really a nerd. I wouldn't call him a nerd, but he's a nice little pulling guard, a physical guy. You know, he's gonna, um, he's gonna let, he's gonna, he might not be the most physical, uh, technically sound guy, but you know, he's gonna give his all for the team. He's gonna throw his body around. You know, whatever sets us up for success, he's down for. He's just a cat that's willing to get dirty. I'm gonna throw him at the nose, and he's also gonna be my pulling guard. So you know, we need somebody in the trenches. He's a little soft, but. You know, if you make him mad, he'll he'll, he'll tough it up and he'll yeah. he'll knock somebody out. And then we got my boy Crazy Steve. As you said, it always has to be somebody on the team that gets the team riled up to set the tempo. Uh, the guy that slams his head into the locker for no reason and blood's gushing, his head by somebody with no helmet on. That's Crazy Steve. Uh, he's our Mike linebacker. You know, he's sideline <laughs> to sideline. He he's fast dude, crazy wired. You know. He get he could get run over all game, but every time he's gonna pop up ready to hit somebody next play. He's a crash dummy, but you know he's uh, he just sets the tone for our team. He he comes in screaming, you know everybody on game day. Everybody's trying to be serious, but he's the guy that comes in getting everybody juices flowing. Um, he's our who we played with in high school. Somewhat, I guess our Rodney Jones. He's crazy <laughs> than Rodney, but you know he's our Rodney. Little, yeah, they're a little a little crazy. So uh, that's my guy, Crazy Steve. He's my quarterback of the defense yes sir that makes sense i i like your squad like i said it, it, you put together a, ni- a nice little crew um <laughs> physically wise we might be overmatched with mine you know i got a baby and a girl uh but overall i think uh you know and a sponge too i just realized but yeah i think uh if it, if it was head to head i think my, my team might take the cake maybe <laughs> seven point win seven point swing it would be close though for sure We'd have, yeah, we'll be, we, would, we would have to figure something out. out. Yeah, possibly. But <laughs> we would have to figure something out for, for, for Danny Phantom. I, uh, he probably is the best athlete out, out of the whole crew. So makes sense. Makes sense. I like it, though. Nice little nice little fun segue. But these are Nick squads. Um, I'm going to probably put it on Twitter or, or Instagram or somewhere. Have somebody vote. See which one, uh, who's uh, who's is the best. But um, we'll move on and talk about, like I said, the game that was on Nick. Um, and talk about the rest of the NFL as well. So we'll talk about these teams and kind of like, you know, where we – the ones that did uh, win, kind of where we see their uh, their future going, and then the the, the losing team, what uh, may happen for them in the offseason. So real quick thoughts on the game, and then, um, you know, what do you where do you see the Saints kind of faring next week against the Bucks or the Bears? Which- uh, pretty boring game. The Saints, yeah, you know, well. yeah, pretty boring game. Um the Bears didn't play that bad, but they missed their opportunities. And when you play a team like the Saints, you got to capitalize. Like, uh, Trubisky didn't play his best game, but he threw the best ball of the day, and Williams didn't come down with it. And that changed the game. Uh, they end up going for it on fourth and not getting it when they could have been up three. Just little things like that. You know, the Saints, they play how they play. They play good defense, uh, short passes. They control the clock for the most part, and that's what they did. Drew Brees played 
played played well. I know he uh, enjoyed having Mike Thomas back. He went to him early and often. Well, not that often, but he went to him a little early, you know, mm-hmm. to get him uh, comfortable. But um, Saints played well. Nothing too much to be happy about. Uh, wasn't the best game. Wasn't the best opponent, you know. But uh, they did what they had to do, and they're moving on. But next week, uh, I know we'll talk about this later, but just this little feeling I got that Tom, like, you know, you know how Tom is. He's a competitor. I don't. I don't see the Saints. It's hard to be for one. No matter who the quarterback is, it's hard to beat a team three times in one season. And uh, I honestly have them. I have Tampa pulling out the upset. I don't have my reasons why, but I'm just right now. I'm trusting my gut, and it's just the feeling I have. Uh, I'm pretty sure some other people feel the same way as me, but I feel like the Saints are gonna have a tough go around this time. Around. Tom's gonna play a better game. You know, we'll see. Yeah, I feel like they'll force Drew into a couple of mistakes, but they're gonna have to play better than they played last last week against the Bears, and I don't think – I think Tampa's going to be ready. But, you know, we'll see. What do you think about Yeah, no game? doubt. I think uh, – I guess one on the game real quick, like you said, it was boring, even though it was on Nick. That's probably was what made it, I guess, more bearable to watch because, um, you know, at times it did get boring at first. Like, the first quarter was actually, you know, it was decently entertaining. Like you said, Trubisky uh, was making plays, had the deep ball to Williams, but he dropped it. Pretty much from there, the, the game got kind of boring. It was pretty much dead from there. It's pretty uh, – you know, stagnant. But like you said, Saints did what they had to do, I guess, in order to pull out the win. The Bears defense held as long as they could um, to contain the Saints offense that actually had all their weapons back um, in form. Uh, and like you said, we talked about earlier about, you know, Trubisky, the Bears, you know, them moving on from him and everything. Uh, you know, he didn't play terrible, but there was times where either his teammates wasn't making plays for him or he wasn't able to make plays. Like even that fourth down scramble where, you know, he got hit for the line and then, uh, you know, knocked out of bounds and everything. So stuff like that uh, shows why they probably will be moving on from him. Um, but, you know, like you said, we just segued into it about the Saints and Bucks next week. We get it for the third time this year. Both times the Saints handled the Bucks pretty, you know, nope. pretty handedly. But like you mm-hmm. said, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. Uh, I think the Bucks have been trending in the right direction, uh, you know, the last, what, four or five weeks. Um and, you know, Tom Brady, A.B.'s clicking, Godwin's clicking. If Mike Evans is healthy, overall, it's going to be scary. It's going to be a great matchup, I think. Hopefully, it's a high-powered offensive game, which I think it will be because I think the deep – I don't know if, you know, Devin Bush and those guys will be back um, for for this game. They should be, but I don't know if they will be or not. Yeah, Devin um, White, he's back. I think he okay, just got cleared. Okay, cool, yeah. So, he's back. I mean – Overall, like they have a great defense, but they take a lot of chances. And you know, Drew Brees is a veteran season quarterback, so he might be able to either pick them apart or, or take advantage of those chances that they do take. Um, and same thing, honestly, on the flip side, you know, the Saints have a stout defense as well, but they're secondary. I always call them so trash, and I call them so they so soft and trash to me. But you know, overall, they're they're good. I know sometimes I gotta. I'm not. I'm a Saints hater, but because I'm a Falcons fan, but I gotta. You know, you know, do do the job, and you know talk what i see but you know they in the way they take a lot of chances as well they hold a lot um they try to i guess they rile themselves off based off of you know like kind of like little stuff like anything they just try to rally, rally each other up and you know they're always shaking hands which i guess what makes that defense in that team great like they're always you know pump, pumping each other up and they always got each other's back but pretty much like i'm all i'm trying to say is i guess both sides have great defenses but both sides Defenses take a lot of chances, especially in the secondary. So it could be a holding game to where, like, a holding penalty may, you know, cost a team a drive or, you know, 
a you know turnover on down or not turnover down, but like you know third down or three and out or whatever. Um, so it's going to be a tough task because both sides has weapons, you know, offensively, and you know it's kind of like picking your poison. Like you know, Michael Thomas looked d- decently great. I think them having a week, all of them having a week together, uh, you know, to face the Bucks again. You know, who who knows what happens? Michael Thomas may go off. On the other side, Chris Godwin or AB may go off. So it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a fun game for sure. I think it'll be a lot better than the last time we seen the matchup. So let's see, and then moving on, like I said, we'll talk about the Bills and the Colts. Uh, this was an entertaining game. I actually, I don't know. I didn't I didn't really care who won, but I thought the Colts definitely should have pulled this game out. And there was a lot. It was two key you know, plays and drives specifically why I thought they should have pulled it out. But, you know, I'll let you go first and, you know, just talk about your thoughts and, uh, you know, where do you see the Bills, I guess, doing next week against uh, the Ravens? Um, I didn't – I missed some of this game because I had something to attend to on Saturday, but I caught the second half of the game. I kept up with a little bit of it on my phone. Probably shouldn't. Indy, like you said, it was a couple of different plays where they could have won the game. Uh, for me, the two plays was the missed field goal by Blankenship and that uh, missed fourth down conversion when they were – I think they were up three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were up three and they went for it fourth down. Uh, Indy plays well, man. They uh, they they run the ball well. You know, I feel like if Phillip Rivers was just like five years younger, they'd be such a better team. But, uh, you know, they stuck around a couple of plays, decided the game, as which always happens in football. But, you know, Buffalo was the better team. I expected them to win. Uh, they showed they belong. Couple of crazy plays, you know. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of Indy's clock management at the end after the uh, after they challenged that call that was the standard or whatever. But like they, I think they had 18 seconds left and they were on like the 45 or the 50 and they needed 10 yards. Like I feel like they could have came up with maybe a quick little play, you know, spike the ball or some some play yeah. going towards the sideline to where they could get themselves in field goal range. I feel like that was just poor. I wouldn't even say clock management, but play calling in that situation, situational play calling. But uh, they end up costing them the game. I think they played well at times, but Buffalo was just better, and they made less mistakes, so they prevailed. Um, Josh Allen looks like the real deal as usual. You know, he playing a little careless, almost cost him the game with that fumble, but uh, he's the real. I think he's the real deal, and him and Stephon Diggs are as advertised. They they find a way to hook up, no matter what's you know. They start off slow. He only, I think, he only had one catch in the first half. But you know, their chemistry and their rapport is crazy. So they're gonna find each. Other. Buffalo just end up being too much, pretty much. Yeah, it's but it was a good game. Could have gone, could have gone either way. Indy's a solid team. Like I, they're in our division, so I, I keep up with them. Uh, they're a solid team. They're they're a few pieces away because they have, you know, they have the players. They start, they built the team the right way in the trenches. Uh, DeForest Buckner is a monster. If you watch the game. It's hard to make too crazy of an impact like Aaron Donald, but he's 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 his name's being called. Uh, he's messing up some plays. And Indy, uh, they have the right you know the right stuff going. They have a, G, a good GM, a good coach. So once they add a few things, I think they'll be okay. Um, I don't think they'll have too many first round exits in the future. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, both both sound teams. It was a you know, good guy. I didn't get the catch, but you know, the last like honestly, the whole fourth quarter because I was coaching, but. Um, Fourth quarter, it was big. I thought I thought Indy, it was right there for Indy's taking because, and I'll talk about it in a second, but the one thing that's really going to hurt the Bills is they have literally no run game, or they don't even try to run the ball. Like, um, basically, the Colts what, were down, like, basically, like, what, two scores? I forgot the, the score line, but, you know, they scored a quick touchdown after they uh, 
I don't know if it was a turnover or a turnover on downs. They got the ball. Philip Rivers put together a, a great drive, I think three or four plays, um, found Doyle in the end zone, quick touchdown, six minutes left, had another key stop, um, kind of stalled from there. Like, basically, they weren't able to, I think, to score their next drive. But, you know, the Bills got the ball, and there was had plenty of opportunity to run some clock, run it down, but they kept passing, like literally just kept passing. They ran the ball one time with Devin Singletary. He picked up 12 yards. And then go back to him. I thought it was like, all right, run the ball again. Like, just run some clock. Nope. Passing it. And I think it was that same drive that, um, uh, like you said, Allen fumbled it. And luckily, they were able to recover. But it's just like, I don't know. Like, Allen and Diggs have been you know, tremendous all year. Uh, you know, their pass game has been tremendous all year. But at some point, you know, playoff football, they always talk about winning in the trenches and being able to run the ball. Uh, and you know, that's the one thing that's missing with this team. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, they just, they really just, it's either, they really just don't, they either don't get the touches or they just don't get the yards. It's probably, it's both mixed in. It's like, they kind of, like, their leading rusher at a point was Josh Allen. So it's ridiculous. Um, like, you know, it's going to be interesting for them playing against a running team. Um, but, you know, a, cap- a quarterback that's capable of throwing and making some plays and extended plays as well. But, you know, that's the one thing that's the thing I'm a little scared about with the Bills. Like they don't they don't run the ball. They can't run the ball. If they come become too one dimensional. You know, coaches can game plan. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like the Colts had chances to pull it out. But like you just said, Phil Rivers is, you know, poor play play management by him because it may not even been the play calls. Um, I don't know if the receiver truly able to get open, but like you said, said 18 seconds left. They need about 10, 15 yards, two straight plays. He ran like clock, like five seconds off the clock and they ended up throwing it out of bounds, not even giving the receiver a chance. So like you said, they could have had another, they had success with crossing routes and like, you know, basically middle of the field type routes to where you know, they could have got one quick pass, spiked it, and then maybe gave Blankenship a chance at a field goal to tie to go into overtime. But you know, it just wasn't, I guess, meant to be, you know, poor, poor play management by Phillip Rivers to end the game. And, you know, that was all she wrote. He wouldn't, she, he couldn't get the ball to the end zone for Hail Mary either. So, uh, like you said earlier, they look, they wanted to, they want to bring him back for another year, but, you know, they kind of start, got to start thinking about, you know, future wise. Like, I know they still got, they got what you call it, um, what you call it, Jacob. Yeah, Easton. Yeah, Easton. So, you He's know, still developing though. I don't, I yeah. think. I think they, uh, I think they have something with him. I've always been a fan, but I think he's gonna be a project. Yeah, same here. But you know, maybe they just gotta start. You know, they have to develop him this upcoming because, like, it, you know, Phil he's showing signs. But if this year if they're going with Phillips, this definitely has to be the last year. Um, but a surprising game, I think by mo- well, surprising for some, su- maybe not surprising for others. But you know, Rams and Seahawks, Rams were able to pull it out. Um, first with Wofford, you know, in there he got, you know, knocked out the game, and then. Golf was able to, you know, sustain enough, I guess, thumb grip in order to pull his team to victory. But, uh, you know, a lot of it, of course, was on the backs of Aaron Donald and that defense. So what do you uh, you think about this game? Um, and do you think Seattle – did you at all think Seattle were frauds throughout the uh, throughout the whole year? Um, or do you think it was just a, a great performance by the Rams and their defense? Wait, you said Seattle was what? Frauds. Mm, all right, I'm going to answer that question from – no. I don't think Seattle was frauds, but – as the season went on, their offense got worse. I don't know what it was. I don't really watch him play, but, you know, Russell Wilson at the beginning of the year, he was at the top of the MVP race, and he just steadily declined as their offense declined and DK Metcalf's production declined. But uh, I don't think they're frauds, but there's something going on. But to talk about the game, man, I was shocked. 
I know the Rams defense had their number for the most part, but I just thought playoff Russ, I thought Russ would play better in the playoffs, you know. I was just really shocked, man. Um, Russ was, what was he, 11 for 27 for 174 yards. Uh, all 174 yards he had to work for. Nothing came easy. They just really shocked me, man. Like, I know when people see Russ taking sacks, they're like, oh, he's holding on the ball too long. But you got to think, like, the back end, it, it must be locked because Russ is not, he gives his guys chances. It's just a credit to the Rams defense as a whole, especially the front four in the back and the, mm-hmm. the secondary. But they were just all over them. They contained well. They didn't let them get out the pocket that well. And, you know, Aaron Donald's just just a grown grown man. Um, I don't know what to say. I'm just surprised. Uh, they shut Seattle's offense down, and Cam Akers had a hell of a day. Uh, they were able to run the ball at times because Jerry Goff did not play well in the mm-hmm. time he came in, which I'm not blaming him for because 10 days off of a broken thumb, that's not. That's not fun to play on, especially yeah. in the – I don't know if it was cold in Seattle, but I know his thumb got stiff a lot. But just a surprise, you know, DK Metcalf somewhat getting taken out of the game. He had two TDs, but one was on a broken play and the other one was in garbage time, so I don't really count that. But they just – the Rams, man, dominant performance. Like, it wasn't even just Aaron Donald. This, this dude's I don't even know. Just getting <laughs> pressured, having Russ running for his life. Uh, a little bit of that, too. I I saw they just fired their um, OC. Well, they parted ways with the OC, but – some of the play calling, I wasn't really a fan of some of the calls on third down, some of the one and two man routes, you know, stuff like that. But uh, just a total shock. I had the Seahawks winning. I thought the moment was going to be too big for the Rams, even though they've been playoff moments in the past couple of years. But just shocked, man. The Rams defense showed up. Their D coordinator, obviously, for I guess obvious reasons, he's getting some head coaching uh, interviews. So, man, that defense is just different. Like, I know Sean McVay, they ran the ball well, but. Without that defense playing like that, there was no way they were gonna. They showed up, and hopefully yeah. they can do it again next week. And pretty much the the Rams have played Seattle pretty tough, literally all year. I think they had got the, they took the first you know battle, the second one. I think Seattle squeaked out, squeaked yeah, out. Yeah, literally. Yeah, and you know, of course, this one just a dominant performance um by the defense. Like you said, had had them pretty much had Russ pretty much shook, but you know, I don't know. That's interesting because it could it a lot could be. I guess maybe put on, you know, at times it was probably Russ and his decision making. You know, those it was like what two two games in a row. He kind of he had three picks, um, and just they were kind of on a slump. But you know, the offensive coordinator, like you just said, the play calling probably wasn't ideal. Um, you know, two man routes and stuff like that, especially on you know long long third down uh, attempts. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, I guess I I was a little shocked by it. I didn't know. I did think it was gonna be a close game. Um, it could have went either way. It's a divisional game. Um, these two teams know each other really well. Um, and like I said the Rams have played Seattle tough all year long. Uh, so, and kind of like you said, defense for the Rams was trending upwards. Seattle had been real rocky and shaky um, ever since like, you know, first six, seven games of the year. So I don't know. I, w- I was shocked to see them go out the way they did, um, you know, 30 at a point 30 to seven, 30 to 13. And then like you just said, Garbage time TD with thirty to twenty, but uh, you know I, I pose the question: Where Seattle frauds are you? I guess not really so frauds, but maybe just like weren't able to build that continuity, especially like maybe on the offensive end. Their back, backs were out a lot. Um, a lot of questions whether they should let Russ cook or not. Maybe they got conservative with the play calling. Um, like you just said, maybe of course maybe Pete Carroll and the offensive coordinator wasn't seeing eye to eye, so they parted ways with him. So I don't know. It, it's it's interesting to see the Rams. Um. It will be interesting. Sorry, it will be interesting to see the Rams playing uh, next week. 
against Green Bay. Uh, but, you know, another tall task, and I think they'll be up for it because, um, like you just said, that secondary is scary, that front four is scary. Um, they got playmakers all over the field on that side of the ball. It's just will the will their will their running game be able to be sustained? Will Cam Akers be able to have another great game? Will golf be able to limit turnovers and be able to, you know, grip the ball, throw the ball well enough? Will Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald be able to play? Like stuff like that. Um, you know, yeah, I was gonna add that. So hopefully, hopefully they're healthy because it will be it will be a nice matchup to see. Um, you know, that defense versus Green Bay and who very well may be the MVP this year, Aaron Rodgers in that offense uh, with Devontae Adams and the boys. So, so it's going to be a good one. I think uh, this upcoming week, especially in the NFC, the matchups are, are, are really there for the taking. It could go either way. And then uh, next we're going to move on. We'll talk about the Titans and, and uh, the Ravens uh, definitely was an interesting game. It was a pretty entertaining game as well. Um, you know, Lamar finally gets that monkey off his back. Uh, with the playoff games, and you know what better team to get get the win against than the one that blew you out last year and had you know people even talking in the first place. So, just real quick thoughts on the game, thoughts on Lamar, thoughts on um you know them moving on. Uh, happy for Lamar. You know, like you say, got that monkey off his back. Um, a lot of people were on his case. Um, I don't know if it's because he's African American or not because he was the he out of all his 2018 uh, draft mates out of the quarterback class he's had the most success but um, you know got the monkey off his back um, it wasn't very it wasn't pretty but he did what he had to do against a tough team this is the type of game though I expected it to be you know two hard notes teams that run the ball physical game yeah but you know credit to Lamar he did what he had to do and made some big plays but uh, shout out to the Ravens defense man. Um, if, if I came into the game thinking Derrick Henry was only going to have 40 yards on 18 carries, I was like, yeah, you're lying. Um, he's going for a buck 40. He might have 40, yard, 40 yards on one carry. And they they play well. And one thing about Derrick, when you play Derrick Henry that the Ravens did, you have to tackle well. Like, you know, he usually doesn't go down on the first piece of contact. But some guys are making solo tackles, and that's big. Where's a guy that's like 6'3", or whatever mm-hmm. he is, man-child. But – uh. Shout out to the Ravens defense. Shout out to Lamar. And, um, you know, they just settled down after the Tennessee took that quick 10-0 lead. They just settled in. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock. They played defense. Uh, and they did what they had to do. Hard-nosed game. Not the, not the prettiest game. You know, if you're an offensive guy like myself, you didn't have that much fun watching the game. But I love football. So, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Baltimore. They're moving on next week. It's going to be a fun game. Uh, they, they secured the dub. Shout out to them Titans, Devin. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but you just say, yeah, I, I would have never guessed Derrick Henry was gonna go for 40-18 either, even against uh, a great defense, especially a run defense in the Ravens team, you know, because it don't really matter who Derrick Henry's going against. He's he's almost always like an automatic 90, if not at least, you know, at least 90, 100 yards rusher at the very minimum, no matter what team he's you know facing. So but like you just said, uh, I'm just happy he got the monkey off his back. You know, it, it's crazy that there was so much talk around him anyway. You know, he didn't – I guess he hadn't performed that well in those two playoff games that he played in. Mainly he didn't start off well, especially the one last year against the Titans. But, uh, you know, like you just said, he's had the most success um, out of all those quarterbacks in the 2018 draft class. He's an MVP. He's gotten his team to the playoffs, you know, more than those guys as well. So – you know, just the, the talk and, you know, whether he's a bus, can you win with Lamar? 
just crazy to hear in itself. But, you know, I'm glad he got the team, got his first playoff win in against this team um, as well. Like you just said, you know, with, with Lamar and with that offense, sometimes it's not going to be pretty. You know, they, they get it how they can, which is pretty much predicating themselves on running the ball. And, you know, that they were able to do that. Lamar was able to do that. That one plays like goddamn shot out of shot out of a rocket, like crazy. <laughs> Drop back and one, two, hit the hole, it was gone. So, you know, they uh that's what they predicate themselves on. You know, he, he they're gonna run the ball, but you know, if he has to make a play with his arm, he's capable of doing it. It's gonna definitely be it's gonna be a I guess a test it won't be a testament to anything, but I guess it's gonna be an interesting matchup, you know, versus a Bills defense that hasn't been as stout as they was last year. I think I forgot what their rankings is, but they're not that great of a pass defense, I believe. Um, I don't know where they are in, in rush. I would have to look it up real quick, but I think they're like somewhere in the middle of the road. But um, you know, it would just be interesting to see where what you know angle they take, you know, if they're attacking more than like obviously they get their bread and butter off of running, but you know, he's gonna have to extend and make some plays with his arm at some point. And I think he'll be able to do that. So it's gonna be a close matchup and it's gonna be a great matchup. I think this might be Outside of the Saints and uh, Bucks game, this the the Bills and Ravens might be my favorite, which I know we'll probably talk about, um, you know, later on in the week. But you know, shout out to Mar, like you just said, shout out to them boys, great victory and great win. But before we move on, gotta ask you, was this disrespectful, or was it, uh, you know, just all in good fun? It was neither. They did what they <laughs> had to do. It was personal. Week eleven and week ten, they played. They broke down on their huddle. They stood on their huddle after a couple plays. You know, they hung around, and that's that's disrespectful. And uh, you you don't do that. Harbaugh took offense to it, which he should have. And, you know, the right person, God made sure this happened. Marcus Peters was the right person to catch the pick because you know he wasn't going to forget, and that's the first place he went once he caught the pick. Yeah, but, uh, yeah it is what it is. It's football. You, you don't got to respect us, and they, they sent him home, and they let him know about it. So I, I love it. I really – I honestly love it. And I knew, it was, I knew something was going to happen. If they won, they were going to do something, not shake mm-hmm. hands, which they didn't, but mm-hmm. run on the logo, I don't know. Stomp mm-hmm. on the logo after the game, but I, I love it. So it's all part of the game. That's what makes it fun, you know, the competitive. The It's respect with them, but it's not. They don't like each other, and, mm-hmm. you know, it just made it fun. I, that's what I love about the game. You got to get people back. Revenge is – Sweet. <laughs> yep. And they eliminated them last year, too, so that taste was in their mouth for a, a whole year. Exactly. So, like you just said, we just paid back revenge from earlier in the year. You know, disrespectful. You know, it's been a lot of talk about logos this year, you know, with Juju as well. Logos, mm-hmm. people doing all this, you know, dancing and craziness. Yeah, you don't remember uh, when we were in high school, when we were freshmen, they used to say, don't step on the cat when we came in the uh, – Oh, yeah. So, the yep. same thing, yeah. Yeah, we – it, like football, if you play football, been around football, you know, those logos are sacred. Like you just said, you, you don't step on, you don't step on it. You don't step over. You got to step around it. You don't mess it up or it's punishment. Like you said, in NFL, that doesn't die off either. Um, So like you said, I'm glad Marcus Peter caught that interception. Cause like you just said, I already knew it was going to come. I knew it was happening and it's just, you know, it was cool to see the rest of the guys, Pretty much, you know, all the defenses celebrate together nowadays. It was cool to see the rest of the guys. Damn near half the team was going to run on the field and do it. Um, and I think they did end up getting some type of uh, delay a game penalty or something or unsportsmanlike penalty uh, for it. But, you know, it was well worth it in the end um, because Lamar was able to run out the rest of the clock and they was able to secure the, the victory. So, like you said, they sent them home last year. I think they won the, over, they, the Titans beat them in overtime this year. It's just, you know, they got the last laugh and, and, and it shows. Perfect, perfect picture. 
in uh in my in my opinion. So really cool to see. Um, and then I believe the last game. I think it's the last game. Oh, we got the Browns. Oh, yeah, we got the Browns. I keep forgetting about that one because, like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is the Steelers doing? But yeah, um, we'll talk about the Bucks and uh Washington real quick. Um, it'll be probably real quick. You know, a lot of people didn't get Washington a fighting chance, but this guy right here actually didn't play that bad. So, what, what's your thoughts? Um, and I know we already get we already talked about the Bucks and previewed them. So, I guess what's your thoughts about Washington? Um, and, and the Bucks as well. Just this game. Uh. Not a bad game. Some people said it was going to be a blowout. Um, shout out to Taylor Haneke. I don't know if you know this, but he used to train at this place called GSP that I always trained at. Uh, he went oh, to college yeah. actually graduated 2012. Oh, wow. So yeah, he's a, uh, another Gwinnett guy. Shout out to him for that. Um, he just proved a lot of people wrong. I've seen him throw before. You know, he's a pretty accurate guy. Pretty little underrated athlete, as you can see. Uh, you know, he was just ready for the moment, man. Um Two years ago, he played for Carolina, so he's mm -hmm. somewhat familiar with uh, Ron Rivera and Scott Turner's little system. So, you know, he kind of fit in. He looked he looked comfortable, man, throwing the ball on time, all that. Uh, he gave them a chance, better chance than Alex Smith would have. You know, some of those plays he made with his legs, Alex Smith wanted to make. And uh, he just gutsy, gritty, man. He, he played hard. He kept him in the game. Uh, but to talk about another part of Washington, you know, their defense kind of let me down. Their front four is invested with all first-round draft picks and uh, – I just felt like they, you know, they could have got not they could have, I know they wanted to, but they didn't they didn't let their presence be felt as much as they should have. Um the Bucks have a rookie right tackle and Donovan Smith. I think he's pretty old. And I felt like Sweat, Montez Sweat and Chase Young just should have had more of an impact and put Grady on Brady on the ground more because Deron Payne played well, but the two guys on the edge, I feel like they should have made more of an impact and that that would have changed the game more. So I'm a little disappointed in Washington's defense, but Taylor Heineke and the offense kept them around. Like those receivers, they were talking about uh, the, the two Sims guys that he was thrown to the most. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the guys he was thrown to on scout team. So their connection was uh, spot on, and you could see. But yeah, yeah. Uh, decent game, better game than I thought it would be. Uh, I just wish Washington's defense would have played better and gave Heineke a little couple more shots. Because every time they got the game within to like three or four points, Brady and them would go right down and score besides yeah. one drive. But no, I just wanted to see a little more. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much put it perfectly, like you just said. It was a point. It was eighteen sixteen. I thought that was like, all right, if the buck, not bucks, if the uh, football team is gonna make a move and, and take over this game, it's right. You know, it's right now. Um, but like you just said, every time they got close, they pushed it out. Um, you know, with a touchdown, and that's what that's the difference too. Like the Bucks have been scoring a lot more touchdowns versus you know seven for field goals, yeah. and it's a. Uh, I think the stat was Brady. Uh, I don't know if it was, I think it was his name. yeah he uh first time throwing for you know twenty plus yard TDs um multiple twenty plus yard TDs or something like that um in playoff games so crazy to see that he's still even making history uh in the playoffs but uh like I said the the defense kind of you know was a little bit of a letdown because I feel like if the front four was able to get a little bit more pressure on him then it could it could have been a different game um and like you said just gave Heineke more opportunities but you know they weren't able to get to him. Uh, you know, the Bucks offense was able to put up the numbers that we've been expecting to be putting up the numbers they have been putting up the last few weeks. So it, uh, it was an entertaining game, more of an entertaining game that a lot of people gave it credit for. Um, I just wish, like you just said, defense would have showed up a little bit more to give, you know, that office a, a few more, you know, opportunities and chances toward the end with it being, you know, a little bit closer of a game. So, uh, yeah, Buck, Bucks wise, um, I guess, like I said, we already previewed it, but. I yeah. think you say you feel like they're going to upset them, um, upset the Saints next week. 
Yeah, and one one more thing I want to add about them since you just brought up the Bucks. I didn't really talk about them in this segment. The offense, uh, you know, if Chris Godwin didn't drop, he dropped last week. He dropped like four passes. Yeah, he kept dropping. They, they were uh, they were definitely clicking. Like when they spread the ball around like that with AB uh, Godwin, Mike Evans, even on a bum knee, he had over a hundred yards. Uh, mm-hmm. Fournette looked pretty well, t- pretty pretty good this week too. When everybody's clicking like that, they're they're tough to stop. Yeah, even Sky and Miller too getting into yeah. action. And then um, the two tight ends, uh, Gronk and Bray. Right, yeah, Bray had a pretty good day as well. So, yeah. like I said, it's literally it's, it's, it's 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 where he got, like he has like at least it's crazy to say at least six guys, but he has six guys he can get the ball to and, and can make an impact play at any moment of the games. So, like I said, it's gonna be interesting next week when they match up with the Saints, another divisional game. Um, and I guess the the trilogy. So it'll be nice to see what happens from this. And this is probably the we're talking about the last, but probably the biggest surprise of the weekend, honestly. Um, biggest surprise and biggest letdown. And I know we're pretty much ending the show off with all these guys, but um, you know, just overall thoughts. You know, first, you know, knee jerk reactions when you was watching this game. Like, what what, what was you thinking? Uh, just shot. I don't like calling out people, but I, I just like messing with people. Masur is my guy. Uh, the first play kind of reminded me of sometimes in practice. You know, when the ball gets knocked <laughs> over my head, like in the craziest way. But just a terrible way to start the game, like. I know it's a little jitters, but Pouncey's been doing this for 10 years. I don't think it was jitters. I think it was just maybe something wrong with his mechanics. I know they said something about him stepping too far to the left quick, but uh, it just started off wrong. Uh, Terrible way to start the game. I think the second possession, Big Ben threw a pick. So, you know, you couldn't start off any worse. Uh, The Steelers already weren't playing that that good. They started off 11-0, but they've been continuously sliding in. They just couldn't ask for a worse start. You know, the Browns, they didn't even practice this week. Their head coach wasn't there. Their play caller wasn't there. They had every reason to blow them out. And I don't know. They gave the Browns some life, and they took off with it. Pretty dominant performance. Uh, Defense played well. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb played well. They didn't have too many huge runs, but they ran hard. You know, they did what they had to do. Baker did play well. He didn't have to do too much because he played with the lead, but he didn't turn the ball over, which is the biggest thing, and they played defense. So shout out to the Browns. But it was a shocker, like. I'm watching the game. I see the snap over the head. Then the Browns score is 14. I go take a shower. I'm like, you know, Pittsburgh going to come back. I get out the shower. It's 28. I'm like, what's going on? But uh, the Browns, man, they just they did what they had to do. They're motivated. Uh, you know, like you, we talked about in the other game, them stepping on the logo, um, the Titans doing that, Juju saying the Browns are the Browns. Uh, they have a good, they have a couple good players, but they're still the Browns. Like that's disrespectful, and they yeah. hear all that, and that's more fuel to the fire. And they came out, yeah, like yeah, that's the probably the, the cleanest way to say it. Yeah. It was like I said, twenty eight points in the first quarter, ridiculous. Like you just said, at so home, couldn't have been a, a worse start. For the Steelers and a bet the better the most the probably the perfect the most perfect start you can ask for from a Browns fan because like you said they got short fields even and the defense score even with the snap over the head defense score but even with that they got short fields because Ben Roethlisberger threw what two three picks three picks I believe so um yeah I got short fields able to take advantage uh with Kareem Hunt I think he got him two TDs uh Nick Chubb sealed sealed not sealed well. Kind of sealed the game. I think he, you know, had that long run as well. So it, it was a dominant performance. Um, dominant performance in a way, but you know, also capitalizing off the mistakes of the Steelers. So, you know, like you said, just full fuel to the fire, Juju, all the antics he had the whole year, him talking about the Browns or just the Browns, not giving them the respect whatsoever. Um, it it just showed like I don't know if they 
you know, it's literally just a week difference apart. Like, literally played them last week. I know they sat some guys, but, you know, if this was how they was going to come out and play, they might as well have put those backups in um, for the rest of the game to give them a chance because, you know, I guess they looked at it as, you know, we didn't have our starters, we didn't have our guys. We only lost by two and barely lost by two. So we'll go in there next week at home. We'll be fine, you know, and, you know, handle our business. But, nope, you know, just turn of the tides and, you know, Browns did it did what they had to do, played a perfect game um, in a sense. Like I said, capitalized off those mistakes and, you know, still is packing. So I don't know. And even like even now, you know, I know you saw what Chase Claypool, you know, said on his little live or whatever about – He you know, doesn't get it. Yeah, none of them get it. And that's the thing. It's, you know, they're, they're young and just naive and, and dumb. It's like, nah, you like this is the NFL. This ain't – High, this ain't high school. You can be, you know, talking on social media to, you know, your rival team and then, like, come out and just perform and do stuff like that. Like, nah, like, these guys are professionals just like you. They're in the league for a reason. Can't be nope. talking out your butt and then expecting, you know, wins and stuff. And then even afterwards, after taking a loss like that, you got to own – you can't be talking about, like, you know, they're going to be – they're going to go home next week. At least they got the opportunity to play them next week. Like, y'all sitting at home now. So. Yeah, no, they beat y'all. So, that all that – Everything he said goes out the window. They are, they are going to get uh, – I don't know what word to say, but the Chiefs going to put 40 on them. <laughs> but they, they knocked it out of the playoffs. Y'all let the crib watch. And y'all could have had the opportunity to play Buffalo or the Chiefs. But mm-hmm. y'all let the crib. So, shout out to the Browns. Yeah, overall, just good win. Um, I don't know. It says a lot – like I said, I guess it – you know, cool for Browns fans, cool for Baker, you know, to get him another win, I guess, to – Continue to prove, you know, doubt is wrong. Even me, um, I, I still – I don't think I'm fully convinced at all. But, you know, it, it's cool to see this Brown team, like, literally turn turn around so quickly in a sense. You know, was it was it just 2016 or 17? They was 1-15 or 0-16? Yeah, teams, not, too, not too long ago. Yeah, so it's uh, nice to see them, you know, clicking, you know, got guys in there that's our, that are winners and then they're, you know, on to the divisional rounds of the playoffs, so – and then uh, we're going to end off the, I know, a little bit longer show than, you know, we typically do, but fully loaded and, and uh, you know, had a great conversation today, um, you know, talking to all these teams. But we wanted to end off the show with, you know, new segment, different segment. We're going to, you know, do game balls, of course, you know, talk about our guys. So each of us had a pick. Um, I went with Devontae Smith, of course, and then uh, that went with a, a group effort in the in the Rams defense. So that I'll let you go first, uh, you know, giving out your game ball and, and I guess – Tell the uh, tell the crowd why. Um, I'm going with the Rams. Going in uh, going into this game, there I think they were the top top defense in the league, and they I just it, everybody and their mother expected Russell Wilson to have one of his vintage playoff perform not vintage but one of his vintage big game performances. Um, and the Rams just kept the pressure on them. They they got pressure literally all day. Uh, they made him hold the ball a lot. A lot of those sacks were coverage sacks, and it was just a collective group effort. Um, they everybody played well. Even Jalen Ramsey played well. Donald, even the unknown guys. Um, the guy pictured in the what's his name? Darius. Uh, the Williams, something like that. The guy that caught the pick six. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody stepped up. You know, they did what they had to do. Uh, that pick six was straight game. Uh, game. You know, studying tape. Mm-hmm. So they were locked in from the beginning. And they didn't take their foot off the gas. Like Russell Wilson looked fluttered all game. And like we're we're looking at the box score. The score was twenty to fourteen, and his two TDs. One was in garbage time, and one was off a broken play. So yeah. everything they they had to work for everything. You know, 
And just kudos to them. I did not see this coming. Um, Jared Goff didn't even have to play that well. Like, it was literally – it was a dominant performance. They put up 20, but it was a dominant performance by the defense. They showed their worth, and they showed why they're ranked as the top five defenses. Um, yeah. It just changed the game. Without this performance, the Seahawks are moving on, basically. Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect perfect uh, group of guys to give that game ball to. Like you said, everybody stepped up as a whole. Like I said, they had been putting pressure on uh, Russell all year long, and they just submitted this game. Like you said, just studying film and putting on the show. Like you just said, that, that, that pick six was just all film. Like he literally did think about it, didn't give it a second thought. He blitzed it and caught mm-hmm. it you know, to get to the crib. So, um, you know. Perfect game ball for them. My game ball, of course, going to Devontae Smith. I know we talked about him earlier in the show, but, you know, 12 catches, 215, three tubs. Most of that, pretty much all of that coming in the first half because he broke his uh, what, finger, index finger, dislocated it or something, um, and pretty much didn't play the rest of the game because it was pretty much already in, in, in the hands of Alabama. But, you know, can't get no better than that. Um, overall, just a dominant performance. he been playing dominant all year, won the Heisman, won another award, like I said earlier. Um Proving all the doubters wrong. He's a smaller guy. He even said it in his in his Heisman speech, you know, just keep going, believe in yourself. Um, you know, bet on yourself because, you know, those guys touting against him because he was, you know, smaller, not the typical, you know, big receiver um measurements and everything. But, you know, he he's he's shown all year he can hang and he probably just submitted himself uh possibly a top five pick um in the draft. Um, if not definitely first round for sure. So my game ball goes to Devontae, Thaz, of course, the Rams. You know, I think both both well-deserving of their of their game balls. And then uh, lastly, we're going to end it off with uh, another segment, Benchum. And we actually agreed on this one beforehand. So only one one graphic for for this uh, this segment. So Benchum, we went to uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I'll let, I'll let you tell why, I guess, your, uh, your Benchum award went to him first. Um, you know – for for this one, it's more for you. It's more of just Big Ben. For me, it's the Steelers. It's like the home. Steelers. Yeah, yeah. But the, the quarterback takes most of the blame, as you guys know. So we're gonna go with Big Ben. Uh, four turnovers and a play, winner go home game. Uh, some bad timely turnovers. You know, a couple weren't on him. Some were tips. Some were when you throw it hot, hot and behind. When you throw your fastball or put some mustard on the ball and it's behind, you're asking for an interception. But uh. Just, you know, not the best game by Big Ben. We've seen him play better in big, big games. His team needed him. They put a lot on his shoulders. You know, them being behind put a lot on his shoulders, asking him to throw the ball 67 or 68 times. But just not his best performance. Put his team in bad spots at times. But he didn't get much help from his team. So we're saying ben, Big Ben, he had a bad performance. We're blaming him, but it's not all on him. His defense didn't get off the field sometimes when needed. Um, his receivers did not catch all their passes in. Just as a whole, the team didn't play well, and it's just a disappointing performance by a Hall of Fame quarterback. And hopefully, this is not his last game, which I don't think it is. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, he has a 41 million dollar cap hit, so it'd be interesting to see if this yeah. was his last game in the Steelers uniform. But I hope not. But you know, sorry, Ben, but you got to take this blame, and y'all going home. Yeah, I can, I can, you know, like you just said, a lot of the blame goes to the quarterback, of course. But I tested, uh, I put him up there because. I'm giving him a lot of it, but like you just said, it's the team. Like, you know, that snap over his head to begin the game, that's not on him. Of course, that's on Pouncey. Like, there's guys, there's other guys on the team that, you know, didn't come through. The defense obviously didn't, you know, come through and show their dominance like they typically would or do. Even in short fields, they weren't even able to force field goals. Like, they were just scoring TDs on it. So, uh, you know, he does deserve a lot of the, the blame, of course, throwing four picks. Um, like you said, some of them wasn't his fault, but, 
you know, you just got to own that as the, as the captain of the team, as the elder of the team, you know, the quarterback of the team, you, you just got to, you got to own that. So I'm saying bench Ben Roethlisberger is possibly retiring, possibly might see, seeing the last, you know, throws of him in the Steelers uniform. Like you just said, he does have a cap hit. Maybe he's, maybe he's, you know, persuaded or energized to come back for one more year. Um, you know, if they're able to fix that running game, because like we talked about earlier, they don't have too many other holes. So as long as they're able to, you know, keep keep him up, keep him healthy, um, maybe improve that running game, add a few more pieces on the defensive side, get Devin Bush back and healthy as well, too. That's a uh, that would be a big key on the defensive side. Maybe he does come back for one more year um, and get a little bit of revenge. Um, and like I said, we talked about it earlier. They get that running game fixed. They uh they're right back in the in the conversation. Like, you know, they got Mike Tomlin, they got Big Ben, they got weapons in the receiving core, and their defense is stout. So, you know, they have a chance. But for for today and for this weekend, he earns our Benjamin Award. Um, yeah. And pretty much that's gonna that's gonna wrap up the show. Um, like I said, really, really loaded episode, of course. We want to talk about the national championship, but also get the games in over the weekend. Uh, you know, introduce some new segments with that as well. Uh so Definitely appreciate everybody for tuning in um, and listening and those that will be listening to the audio version later on as well. Um, Dad, you got any last words, any last thoughts? I know we're going to be talking about these uh, previewing the games a little bit later in the week or whatever, but uh, any last words um, about the uh, show? Not really. Uh, good week of football. Great week of NFL. Two two days of football all day, NFL games all day, and then capping it off with the Natty, even though it wasn't the best game, but just a good week for football and good week for sports. Yeah. And looking forward to another good weekend. Yeah. Like you said, uh, like I said, we, we will preview it for sure. But this upcoming weekend and the games that's scheduled, um, we'll have a, a lot of great matchups. And then hopefully, like I said, hopefully a lot of memorable games as well. But um, thank you, everybody, for, you know, for tuning in, for watching. Um, like I said, for those that will be listening to the audio version later on, you know where to find us um, on Twitter, WTG MTM Podcast, Instagram, What the Game Means to Me, and also Facebook at What the Game Means to Me as well. Where you, you know you could comment, rewatch the replay, and all that. Um, you know, leave us questions, comments, concerns, whatever the case may be. So appreciate you, Thad, of course, for joining, for coming on another episode. Of course, not coming on, of course, you're the co-host, but you know, for coming in, you know, talking sports, uh, talking football, and uh, you know, we'll be ready uh this, I guess, upcoming weekend to talk a little bit more. Yes, sir. Appreciate yes, sir. y'all tuning in.